Tyler gets texts regularly throughout the service from those in live stream land when things aren't working. One, two, are we good? Okay. So I'm going to use this today. All right. Who, who, you want to out them? All right, Desiree and Janelle, for you. But isn't this life? Isn't this life? We're going through a series with the men on James, and it says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, even when microphones and technology don't work. We just keep moving. Because you know what? Regardless of what happens in the next weeks, months, years, God is still God. God is on the throne. God is King of kings, Lord of lords. The Bible says he doesn't change. Your circumstances change. The White House might change. The pandemic might change. Your finances might change. Your health might change. But he never changes. And we got so stirred up that we forgot that he is on the throne. Nothing that's going to happen in the next days or weeks is going to surprise him. He's not like this, like, I wonder who's going to win. I wonder who's going to win. Oh, angels, can you help me? He's got it. My father, your father, has it. But we forget that. We forget that so easy. And we're like this. We're like this. And we have to choose to come down. We just do. We just do. And we're going to do that this morning. So we're going to pray. Tyler's going to come up and do some announcements. And I'm going to come right back up. And we're going to prepare our hearts through the word for a time of worship and prayer. Amen? Let's pray. Father, Father, we're reminded right now that you are God. You do not change. You do not change. You are sovereign. We rest in you. This morning. Thank you for everyone here. Thank you for everyone joining us on the live stream. Thank you for technology that allows us to do all of this. But in the end, we just want you to be glorified. We want your will to be done. So we love you deeply. Lord, do what only you can do through prayer and the word, the power of the Holy Spirit this morning. We love you so much. We give you this time. And all God's people in this building and all God's people in live stream said... Amen. Thank you, Richie. And thank you for everyone that's been texting me off the hook telling me that the sound is bad. And I heard, heard that it is better, so it is awesome. I want to show of hands, who was born in the month of November out here? Oh, a few people. Uh, how about out in TV land? How many of you are born in November? Raise your hand. Oh, man, there's a lot of them out there. You didn't know we have a camera in your TV and we can see you. So, yeah, nice bathrobe. Um, so we're going to sing happy birthday as a congregation, not me, because I'm going to put the microphone down here. So let's sing happy birthday for the November um, birthdays. Happy birthday. Oh. Uh-huh. 
That was awesome. And, and here we're a big family. So we're just, I mean, we like celebrating everything together, including birthdays. And for you of the, that don't have birthdays anymore, sorry, we're going to keep celebrating them with you. Um, the next um, announcement I have is just to check your bulletins. The bulletin online has all the up-and-coming events that we're having. So just check them and see what's going on. And if you don't know, everything is online. And also, too, um, offering is online as well. And if you don't know the way to give here, we have boxes for the people here in the front, in the back, and in the front door, and we do it online. But most importantly, we want to make sure that you know we want you to give biblically and what God puts on your heart. And we want you to give, you know, cheerfully, like Scripture tells us to do. So please do that. And if you're not cheerfully giving, don't give. Just pray and do what God tells you to do. Now we're starting a new um, series in Kingdom Kids. It's Thanksgiving. So let's see what Kingdom Kids has to say. Happy November! This month, we are going to be talking about thankfulness. It's Thanksgiving coming up. What a perfect time to talk about this. Now, God wants us to be thankful, and he's given us a lot of things to be thankful for. And this month's series, we're going to learn about all the blessings God has given us and how we can show our gratitude towards his generosity. This week, we are going to talk about being thankful for God making us. God is our creator, and he has a special plan for all of us. And that's a great reason to be thankful. So head on over to Kingdom Kids Online and check out all the fun and exciting things we have in store for you. Have a great week. All right. <laughs> Kingdom Kids. So on January 5th of this year, that was the first Sunday of the year. And usually what happens as we come into a new year, I say, Lord, you know, where are we as a church? How can we kick off the year with really your heart for us? And on January 5th, 2020, we started a series called Walk the Talk in 2020. And this was our theme verse, verses for 2020, Colossians 3, 1 and 2. If then you have been raised with Christ... Seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. Hmm. Who knew? Who knew how real that verse, passage, on the first Sunday of 2020, how powerful that passage would become? Because we looked at it. What that means is, hey, if you're a follower of Christ, and if you're in Christ, you're, you're doing your best to follow Jesus, what those verses we saw meant was like, you know what? He's now the center of every area of your life. I've, one time I brought up a bicycle wheel, and I said, look, if you're a follower of Jesus, all it means is that Jesus is the, the hub, and every area of your life is like a spoke. And everything in your life revolves around Christ, because the Bible says Christ is your life. And what's the basis of it? Love. He loved you first. Jesus, I love you. Thank you for dying for me, raising from the dead. I love you so much. I'm putting you at the center of my life. Everything else is just a spoke, and it's all meant to glorify you. Amen? That was kind of the point. And, and then we saw in Philippians 3.20, it says, But our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we've been raised with Christ. And if you're part of the church, if you're a follower of Jesus, the Bible says you're a citizen of heaven. Your true citizenship is in heaven. 
Right? Phil Newton says this, your pursuit is above, that is, to be spiritual in nature. You are to be living with an eye toward eternity. But the focal point of all your life is to be him who is seated at the Father's right hand, Jesus Christ. The Christian's active pursuit in sanctification is for his life to be shaped by the life of Christ, his tongue to reflect the gracious speech of Christ, and his service to be selfless like that of Christ. Christ is my life. I want my life to reflect Christ. Amen? Now we learn that it's kind of easier said than done. Right? And, and I kind of was looking through this past, you know, kind of the progression that we went through this year as a church. And on March 15th, which was the last Sunday we met here before everything shut down, we were talking about this, and I showed you a picture of a four-eyed fish. A four-eyed fish. Now, this fish doesn't necessarily, it doesn't really have four eyes. It has a, a horizontal line of tissue that divides the eyes. And what that tissue does, and God's, I don't know, God is so amazing. In his miraculous creation, this fish can simultaneously look up for predators and down for prey. And I looked at that, and I'm like, you know what, that's kind of like us. We're citizens of heaven. We've been raised, right? We're, we're new creations. And so we're trying to figure out how to walk like as four-eyed Christians. <laughs> how do we keep our eye on eternity, on the things of Christ, the things of God, and yet operate on this planet? Right? That was what we talked about on the last Sunday before we shut down for the pandemic. Again, God's timing. And I was thinking of that because... Quick survey, internal survey. Where's your focus been the last six months? More up, more down? Where's your focus been the last six weeks? Where's your focus been the last six days? Where's your focus been the last six hours? The challenge... To keep our hearts and minds set on things above while we're citizens of heaven, but still on this planet. Yeah, it's a journey. It's a walk. And that's the whole point of us gathering and being in fellowship with one another and walking in faith and obedience is because we're in this together. Amen. Right. And, and I was thinking of some stories, some illustrations in the Bible that, that really illustrate how hard it is to keep focused on things above, right? In Luke 10, Jesus had sent his 72 disciples out on a mission trip, gave them authority to cast out demons and everything. They come back, and they're like, Woohoo! Jesus! Even the spirits obey us in your name, right? They're celebrating this incredible mission trip, but Jesus says this, When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. This is what Jesus says. Don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. He's like, whoa, time out, fellas. That's great. But the real basis of your rejoicing is that you're written in the book of life. Amen? You see the check? You see the check? Even good check, even good things. Jesus is like, hey, even in that successful thing, even you're casting out demons, real basis for your joy, name registered in the book of life. Great check. In Luke 12, 
Jesus, in the, in the first 12 verses, he's preaching, he's teaching on some heavy-duty spiritual issues, like beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, not to fear, acknowledging Jesus before men, blaspheming the Holy Spirit, not to be anxious when you're brought before authorities. This is some heavy-duty teaching, right? 12 verses of it. And what's amazing, in Luke 12, 13, some guy, we don't know for sure, who's listening, he's just waiting for the moment, he says, Hey, Jesus, he says in 13, someone said in the crowd to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Check this out. So Jesus is giving these incredible teaching on these incredible, profound, spiritual truths. And this guy is like waiting, waiting. He's like, hey, can you tell my brother to give me my inheritance? All the really important spiritual truths, wah-wah, 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 because he is so consumed with getting his inheritance, it's Charlie Brown, wah-wah, 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 and as soon as Jesus takes a breath, hey, Jesus, can you tell him to give my inheritance? You see the loss of perspective? And Jesus calls out his heart. He's so covetous, he can't, that, all that matters to him is what he wants, and all the real teaching and all the important teaching, he doesn't even care about he lost perspective. He lost perspective. And then I thought of that famous passage in the Bible, many of you know, when Peter, good old Peter, in Matthew 16, it says this, from then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. Here it is. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. It's an amazing passage. If you read it again, Jesus himself is telling his boys what is about to happen and what needs to happen. Peter loses all perspective and begins to get in Jesus face, reprimand him and tell him, no, sorry, heaven forbid. You see the loss of focus? He can't even submit himself to Jesus' own words. This is Jesus. He's telling Jesus what Jesus just said isn't going to happen. How crazy is that? But we do the same thing. We get so caught up in what we think, in our opinion, in our, you know, whatever, that we're, we're shut down to even receiving the words of Jesus himself. Why? For the same reason that he called out Peter. Because we're looking at things from man's point of view, not God's. We really are. And if you're honest, if I'm honest, the circumstances of this pandemic, circumstances of the politics, circumstances of the economy, circumstances of your health, your finances, your marriage, your relationship with your kids, everything in your life, it's that easy to go from God perspective to man perspective. And it's that easy to start telling God what you think and how wrong he is. And that's why we pray. 
Because when you take the time to really pray, I call it setting things in order. When you take time to really pray and remember that he is God and I am not, it changes everything. Because the more, I don't know about you, the more amped I get, the more of a control freak I become. And the more of a control freak I become, the more angry and bitter and not pleasant to be around I become. Mostly out of pride and fear. And so oftentimes I need to go sit in my office or sit at home and have a good talking to from Father in heaven. It's called prayer. It's called prayer. And if you've been with us over the last 10 years as a church, you know, you know our heart here. We just want you to love God. We want you to love Jesus. And out of that love, we just want you to live your life for him. Right? Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey me. Obedience is a fruit of love. Right? That's our heart here. You've also heard in 2 Peter 1.3, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. You've heard it repeatedly over the last, I don't know how many years. You and I, as followers of Jesus, as children of God, we have been given everything we need for every issue in our life. Amen? Everything and every issue. Every issue. The pandemic, politics, Right-to-life issues, social issues, finances, marriage, parenting, what comes out of your mouth, forgiving one another, anger, bitterness, fear, anxiety, worry, your identity, your purpose, salvation, heaven and hell. Everything that matters, everything in your life and my life is found in the Word of God. And what we have been trying to teach us as a church family for 10 years is that no matter what area you're seeking the Lord's will on, He's given you everything you need to do that. What has he given you? The word of God. First of all, he's given you the word of God. We'll read that. Second Timothy, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. We've been given the, we've been given the word of God. All scripture. Amen? What else have we been given? The Holy Spirit. John 16, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. You've been given the word of God. You've been given the Holy Spirit to help you understand the word of God and to empower you to obey the word of God. So you got the word of God. You got the spirit of God. What else has he given you? The church. One anothering. One anothering, right? Hebrews 10. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. He's given you, I think it's like close to 50 one another's. Right? The church isn't just like we're going to meet on Sunday and peace out, see you. One. No, the church is family, like Tyler said. We're one anothering. And even through the pandemic, through whatever situation you're facing, you're not alone. But you have to choose to avail yourself of the one anothering, the church. Right? So he's given you the word of God, the spirit of God, the church of God, the family of God. And what else has he given us? Prayer. Prayer. Hebrews 4. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. 
but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Last year, we spent weeks and weeks going through the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, 9 to 13, the model prayer, right? Not, we learned not necessarily just to be recited, but we looked at all the elements of it. What is prayer? Prayer is talking, is like this conscious awareness that I'm coming into the presence of the God of the universe. And I'm coming not just to the presence of the God of the universe, but if I'm a believer, that's Abba, that's Father. It's, it's intimate, it's family time. It, prayer is not showing up and just giving your list of demands. God, can you just do this and everything will be great in the universe? Here you go. But a lot of time we come to prayer with this attitude that it's just like, I'm going to go to prayer, which means I'm going to ask God for stuff. That's only one part of it. It's only one part of it. And so, you know, this morning, we just got to stop. And we got to have a time of focus. Right? Where, where have you been looking? What's the condition of your heart? You riled up? What are you going to do? Oh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's a choice. It's a choice that you and I are going to make today, tomorrow, the next day, the next week, the next. Right? It's the four-eyed fish. Where are you going to choose to focus? You can see both. You're a citizen of heaven. God's planted you in the U.S. of A. How do you do both? Well, Takes the word of God, the spirit of God, the church in prayer. Can't do it by yourself. And so I hear music. So, you know, we we're gonna pray. And here's how it's gonna work. There's a model that if you've been with us for any length of time, uh, it's called the Acts Prayer Model. A C T S. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Okay? We're going to have some guys come up here. We're going to sing a song. Then one of the guys is going to come up, introduce this topic of prayer. And then crazy. Here's a crazy thing. We're going to pray. Because see, in churches, a lot of time we teach about prayer. We talk about prayer. We read about prayer. We might even sing about prayer. We might even pray about prayer. But a lot of times in churches, we rarely give you an opportunity to what? Pray. You pray, not listen to us pray and say amen, but you pray. So this morning, here and there, out in TV land, we're going to pray. Yeah, we're going to actually sit quietly. And I'm going to warn you, it's a minute. But if you haven't learned to sit still for a minute, you're going to probably think like, oh my gosh, a minute? How can I sit still? It's crazy. Yeah, it's a discipline. It's a discipline. Jesus went off, often he went off to pray with his father. And if Jesus went off to be with father, I think we need to do the same thing, right? So we're going to pray. We're going to sing. A guy, someone will come up, introduce the focus of prayer. We're going to have a time of prayer. And then Vinny will come up and his song will lead us into the next one. Here's my challenge to you. Stay focused. It's adoration. Stay on adoration during the minute of prayer. And I'm going to warn you right now, the last thing the devil wants you to do is pray. So when someone says up here, okay, we're going to sit and we're going to pray, my guess is your mind's going to go 50 million places. You're going to think about lunch, think about your sporting team, think about your whatever. You got to stay focused because your mind is going to go. 
Just wait. You're going to have to choose to adore. You're going to have to choose to confess. You're going to have to choose to give thanks. You're going to have to choose then to make your request known to God. But we're going to walk through it. Okay, so Vinny, come on up. And we're going to, I'm going to lead us into this time of prayer. The band's going to come up. We'll sing a song, and then Jordan will lead us into adoration. So let's pray. Father, in your plan for this church on January 5th, 2020, The theme verse you gave us was Colossians. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on this earth. Father, it has been a doozy of a year. Who would have known back in January 5th that we would have a global pandemic? We would shut down. Who would have known that the country would be where it is? And who knows where we're going. But none of that really matters because you are God. In the big picture, you are God and we are your children. So, Father, we're going to pray. We're not going to talk about prayer anymore. We're going to pray. We're going to worship and we're going to pray. And right now, I want to pray for my brothers and sisters here and those listening online. Those that are riled up. Those that are angry. Those that are scared, insecure, confused, discouraged, despondent, whatever it is. I pray for my brothers and sisters that you would minister in the power of the Holy Spirit during this time of worship and prayer as only you can do. As only you can do. So we give you this time to you, Father. We consciously come into your presence and we call you Abba, Papa, Daddy, we come to the throne of grace in this time of prayer. Blessed be Blessed be your name on the road marked with 
suffering, though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. And every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. But when the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, blessed be the name. Blessed be your name, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, as Richie said, uh, we're going to first take a look at adoration. And sure, I mean, I don't use that word very often. I don't know if you guys do, but uh, it also means to worship or to praise, uh, which is what we just did. And, uh, you know, when it comes to starting off in prayer uh, and starting here, I just, I just think it's really important because, like Richie said, we're setting the stage for prayer. We're focusing our heart. We're focusing ourselves on really who God is. And if we're so focused on the things of the world, we tend to, yeah, we're, we're crazy in our head. We, we get very depressed. Uh, we're fearful. We're scared. And that's where our attention and focus is on. Now, I don't really think much of the word adoration or even praise and worship or words that just kind of, you know, I, they're so familiar. And so I wonder like, well, why is that significant? And, you know, when we think about who God is and why we would praise him and we think of his characteristics, like God is good all the time and all the time God is good or he, he's faithful. He doesn't change. You know, he's full of love and mercy and grace is that's, that's part of who he is. That's his character. And if those things weren't true of him, then he wouldn't be who he says he is. And so much like we, we look at the people in our lives that we adore, that we cherish, there's qualities about them that we just love. Like Shiloh, 
I love how goofy she is, and I tell her plenty of times how much I adore that. It's, it's, it's connected to something real. And so when we come to God in adoration and praise, it's, it really comes out of this thing of who God really is, and he really deserves that. Because if he really is good and we can trust him, then we can fully set our hope on that. And by expressing that and giving it adoration, it really is really a truthful kind of statement. And again, when we focus on the things of the world, it's really hard to do that because we're distracted and we don't really bear the full weight uh, of God's character and his goodness and his love. So again, for a minute, before we even think about maybe the things that are concerning us or maybe the things that we're excited about, is to really settle our hearts and our minds and really get perspective of things by just going to God and even our hearts proclaiming who he is, who we know him to be. And we may even struggle with that. Again, like Richie said, like, it's hard. It's hard to focus because our mind is going like this. So for the next minute, just in your own hearts, just set your hearts, your mind, your love, your praise, your adoration, God, for who he is. Thy power in thine alone 
speaks clearly of confession that God knew that we had this need a need to confess in fact the word of God commands us to confess to confess our sin which is simply missing the mark the word of God also tells us that there is great power tremendous power and wonderful results if we are to do that Ecclesiastes 7:20 reveals the truth when it says surely there is not a righteous person on earth who does good and never sins when Jesus taught us how to pray he taught us how to pray to our heavenly father and he said and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those sin against us Matthew 6:12 So there are many many reasons to confess our sin and pray pray to our heavenly father for forgiveness just one of which is found in Proverbs 28:13 that says people who conceal their sin their sins will not prosper but if they confess and turn from them they will receive mercy so thinking about this this morning perhaps a true repentant heart would pray psalm 38:18 but i confess my sins and i am deeply sorrow for what i have done one of the most challenging commands in scripture maybe you'll agree comes from the promise of not only great results but the truth that the the prayer of confession has great power as James 5:16 says confess your sins to each other oh what a challenge amen confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. We know that God is both faithful and he is just. 
We know that God is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. And he is all-loving. And we know, as he tells us in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is both faithful and he is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So now, church, why don't we take a minute and just willingly respond to the command of the Lord to pray. Pray a prayer of confession from the Acts model of prayer. Acts 3.19, now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. I encourage you to take a minute. Take a time to just confess, to get right with your Heavenly Father, Abba, Father, Daddy. Do that now.
holiday. Celebrate the fourth Thursday of this month with family and friends that we love. And flipping that word Thanksgiving around into giving thanks, I want us to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 22. Rejoice always. Joy is appropriate at all times. Pray without ceasing. This doesn't mean to pray continuously without a break, but rather to pray persistently and to pray regularly. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Thankful, thanklessness is a trait of unbelievers. Thankfulness is a trait of the believer in the will of God. Do not quench the spirit. God's Holy Spirit is like a fire, not to be doused with sin. We learned a few weeks ago that believers are not to grieve the Holy Spirit, that we're to be controlled by the Holy Spirit and to walk by the Holy Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. These are the prophecies. They're authoritative messages from God through his spokesman. When God's word is preached or read, it is not to be received. It is to be received with great seriousness. But test Hold fast in what is good. We should examine the preached word of God carefully. What we find to be good, supported by scripture, is to be passionately embraced and abstain from every form of evil that we find to be evil or unbiblical is to be rejected. We have much to be thankful for if we focus vertically on the Lord, his blessings in our life, all that he does for us and the inheritance that we have in eternity with him. Look up and focus there rather than looking around in discouragement. As we pray this morning, let's contemplate the countless blessings that, that we won't be able to cover in a minute. And let's set those aside to pick up at a later time. Let's spend a moment focusing on those. Thanks.
Like Jordan said, the word supplication maybe isn't uh, very very familiar to you. Um, But really, all supplication means, and this is kind of what we usually think of prayer, it's when we make our requests known to God. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So we're going to give you an opportunity now to do maybe what's most familiar to you in prayer is to make your requests known to God. We don't come to God demanding. We come requesting. There's a wonderful quote I I came across years ago. It says, Prayer is not manipulating God to get what we want, but discovering what He wants us to do, and then asking the Holy Spirit to enable us to do His will. Prayer is not a way to get what we want, but the way to become what God wants. See, even that changes our view of what we ask for. It's okay to ask. So we're going to go into a minute of supplication, whatever's on your heart. Some of you are going through things that have nothing to do with the pandemic or nothing necessarily to do with the political situation. Those are so far down the priority list with what you're dealing with. I know that. So whatever you're going through, make that request known to God. He calls us to. And the great thing is it says the peace of God will guard your hearts as we do this. Don't be anxious. But let's go into supplication for a minute. Let's pray.
Father, we bring these requests to you at peace because you are good. At peace because you say we can come to your throne with confidence. At peace because we know that there's nothing too difficult for you. So, Father, we make our requests known. And we say, nevertheless, not our will, but your will be done. We rest in who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to uh, prepare for communion. In John 16, 32, it says this, Behold, the hour is coming, indeed it has come, when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. Jesus says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Each week we celebrate communion, and Jesus says, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And particularly for today, we remember that in Jesus we have peace. It's in Christ. Communion is a time for those who have professed their faith in Jesus to symbolically remember his sacrifice on the cross. There are cups there in the seats in front of you. If you're a follower of Jesus, we encourage you to, to take communion with us, even at home, on the live stream, out on the patio, in the commons. If you aren't sure where you stand with the Lord, this is a great time to make that right. And the best way you know how, put your faith in Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus. Trust him alone for salvation. I love this quote by Alexander McLaren. It says this. Peace comes not from the absence of trouble, but the presence of Christ. Amen. So as we have this time of communion, as you hold those elements, we're going to sing a couple choruses of a song. This is your time to remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. And if you need to, make it right with him. Put your faith in Jesus this morning. Trust him as Savior and Lord. We're saved by grace through faith, not by works. Receive God's grace. Receive salvation through faith in Jesus this morning. Let's sing a couple courses. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain There's salvation in your name Jesus Christ, my living home And hallelujah Praise the one who set me free Hallelujah Death has lost its grip on me you have broken every chain There's salvation in your name Jesus Christ, my living hope And hallelujah Praise the one who set me free Hallelujah Death has lost its grip on me For you have Salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Oh, Jesus Christ, my 
Lord Jesus, this morning we hold these elements in our hands. You say as often as we do this, to do this in remembrance of you. So we are eternally grateful, Jesus. Thank you that our peace is in you. Thank you that our hope is in you. We celebrate this communion here as a church family, here at the well, around uh, wherever we're watching from. We celebrate it in remembrance of you, you, Jesus. Thank you so much for what you did for us on the cross. Amen. a moment we're going to close with uh, a song that I believe just kind of sums up uh, who we are as a church who the church is and, and uh, when we leave here keeping our eyes focused on things above first Peter 1 3 says this blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ according to his great mercy he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead amen and so we're going to sing Living Home, but uh, if you've been here the last couple of weeks, uh, there was something out front of the church that I thought, you know what, we, we got to show this today. Because this kind of sums up what we're about. Amen? This kind of sums it up right here. And, and I, I was, I was going to write on here, but then it was Randy's sign, so he might get mad at me. Because it's, it's not just Jesus 2020, it's Jesus 2021, 22. 23. Amen? It's like Jesus 2020 plus. He's our living hope. He's our living hope. 1 Peter 1.3 says, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I mean, come on. I'm, 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 you know, I try to stay as informed and educated. Everything going on, it's not like I don't care. But by golly, when it push comes to shove, Jesus Christ rose from the dead. As a, as a follower of Jesus, my name is written in the book of life. And no matter what happens this week, God is still God. He's still on the throne. He's still sovereign. He's king of kings. Nothing is too difficult for him. None of this will surprise him. None of this. And my prayer is whatever happens, what my ultimate prayer is, more people get saved. And the church of Jesus Christ becomes salt and light. Because we truly love one another. Because there's unity and harmony in the church. And the world goes, how do you guys do that? That's how. Because we focus on Jesus. Not the things of this planet. We're involved. We're educated. Sure. But what do we do? We go to God's word. We rely on the Holy Spirit. We're involved in the church. And we pray. That keeps us focused. And we always remember that Jesus rose from the dead. He's our living hope. Amen. Let's stand together. Let's celebrate Jesus being our living hope.
watch this recorded. We just pray that the peace of Jesus that we've talked about here today is something that resonates with you. Because that's what it's all about, the peace, that we can look to him instead of looking at the surroundings. We know that we find comfort and peace and we find the answers in him and his truth. If you don't have that peace, be it you're here, the patio, elsewhere on the campus, or watching online, we want you to know how easy that that is to do. We're going to pray real quick right now. And if you're questioning that, if you're exhausted from living life without the peace of Jesus, pray this with me. Father, I know that I am a sinner and that I am separated from you. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you perished on the cross. I believe that you rose on the third day for forgiveness of my sins. I ask you, Lord, to come into my heart and to guide me in all things as I seek your wisdom. In your name I pray, amen. We believe that if you're in a position in your life and your heart is softened to make the commitment that's necessary to follow Jesus, that you are saved. I would ask those of you that are at home, we have a prayer email address. I ask you to reach out just as soon as you can and let us know about your decision. If there's anything that you want prayer about, if you are a believer and there's conditions in your life that have nothing to do with anything we've talked about today, know that those prayers are heard and that they're supported in prayer from us. Know that every concern of yours is a concern of ours. We thank you all for coming. I will make myself available down here if someone's made a decision in presence. If not, we'll look for you online. We know that you have many opportunities to hear God's truth online, and we so appreciate you joining us at home. We so appreciate you coming here in person. Thank you, everyone, and have a blessed week.